On this week's episode, we rip out the spine of Mortal Kombat. Can fighting be too slow for children? Does Reptile deserve the Oscar? And does Raiden have to be a Highlander? Find out now, you're listening to 24 Flames Per Second. Welcome to 24 Flames Per Second. It's the, uh, the podcast that roasts the films we love the most. Uh, and as always, I'm your host, Robert Bohorkas, and welcome to our Mortal Kombat episode, if you couldn't already guess by that. Um, but, uh, yeah, or the title of the episode when you clicked on it. I don't know. I maybe gave it away. Um, but, yeah, welcome to the show, everybody. Um, we're excited. I think this is uh, the second video game movie that we've done in the whole time. We did Super Mario. I don't think we did. I don't think there's any other ones kicking around. Um but I could be wrong. Somebody can correct me if I am. Uh, but yeah, everybody, welcome uh, to the show. This is to um, celebrate the new one coming out um, and hitting, I think it's hitting streaming this week. Um, at the same time, it's hitting some theaters, wherever people are doing that. Um, but uh, but yeah, so uh, we got a good, we got a head-to-head together here for this one, just like a good old round of Mortal Kombat. So um yeah, hopefully we'll get some, maybe we'll get some fatalities, some flawless victories. Uh, we'll see what we'll see what comes up, what happens. Um, but yeah, everybody, welcome, uh, welcome to the show, and uh, hope everyone's having a good April so far. Um, I don't have any Patreon stuff to cover, so go and check it out if you want. Um, I'll give the link at the end of the episode, like normal. Um, but yeah, welcome everybody. We're excited to get into it, uh, and I'll start with um, the uh, the Sonia to my Kano. Uh, Chris Pepper Hambrick. Hey. How's it going? Fine. I mean, I mean, I mean, my how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's going pretty good. Going pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out like our backstory now, like <laughs> how you hurt me. Um, yeah, I, but I guess, I guess that will, unfold, mean to... that will unfold as the episode continues. Maybe. Um, <laughs> so I think I know the answer to this. Uh, did you watch the movie this week? I did for the first time. That's what I figured. <laughs> yeah, I was not the type of 16-year-old that went to the theater for this one uh, back in 1995. So, oh, boy. Um, um, I was more like English patient and right. you know, stuff like that. Yeah, More yeah. the adult contemporary rather than the... So whatever, yeah, something like that. But, but I did watch it for rock. the first time today, or yesterday. So nice. that, was, that was an experience. Um, well, uh, what do you... First time viewer, what do you know about it that you can uh, tell the people? Well, it's based on a video game. I don't know if you know this. I do now. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was kind of one of the first of those movies that came out that was based on a, on a popular video game. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the really interesting things about that is that they deliberately went for a PG-13 rating. So they cut out a lot of the, the, the graphic, the more graphic violence that would have been present in the video game version so that teenagers would be allowed to go to the theater to see it um so okay <laughs> i'm assuming that'll come up in the in the discussion here but i thought that was kind of interesting because while i was watching it i was like this seems a lot tamer than the video game <laughs> um so that was one thing another thing i found interesting was that uh 
uh, Christopher Lambert was not the first choice for Raiden. Um, what? Yeah, it was actually Sean Connery, but <laughs> what? he uh, he actually had better things to do. He turned no. it down so that he could play golf. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Yep, that was that was apparently his thought process at the time. So, um, so I thought that was that was fascinating as well. There are there are some things. I mean, you have to take some of this with a grain of salt, I think, because um, people always say they do their own stunts, but uh, the the internet does say that uh, Bridget Wilson did do, did do her own stunts um, on this film, and uh, there was a surprising surprisingly few injuries on set. Um, huh. Um, especially since like they all had to like take canoes to this island to shoot it um, oh. and like there weren't really any facilities on the island or anything so they had to like build an outhouse and Whoa. stuff like that so uh, it seemed like a, the actual shooting process was probably pretty hardcore wow yeah. i mean what was that what was i just gonna say i mean that's mortal combat it's not right it's not the <laughs> prize title fight at the mgm grand you know no not at all <laughs> They have bathrooms um, there, I think. Uh, maybe. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I know. Um, well, very good. That's good stuff. Sean Connery, what a missed opportunity. <laughs> that it just reminds wild. me of him, like showing up as the Spanish guy in um, in uh, Highlander. It's like the same kind of like you know, just like this cameo of a completely inappropriately like racially cast person just showing up, <laughs> being like, "I'm this guy." They couldn't get one Highlander, so they got the yeah, other, so they got got the the other, other Highlander. <laughs> They're like, we need a yeah, Highlander yeah. in this. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, well, very good. Um, and so, yeah, let's get to the uh, character select screen here, and we're going to start with uh, introducing our folks. We got the uh, we got the roster here on the left side of the screen. I guess I don't know who's who um but uh but yeah we'll start with the start with our roaster uh director of photography and tracer and aerialist and hot sauce chef i don't know what it's called when you make hot sauces um but you can find them on uh social media grayson arts grayson hey hello how's it going hello how's it going yourself good i am (laughs) i am ready to roast this movie um Mm. and, and achieve a flawless victory just like um who was the Evan? You're gonna have to correct me. Pyro was the fire ninja that shows up eventually. Scorpion. 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 Isn't there a the fire, fire one? Right smoke. I'm thinking of smoke. Ah, uh, yes. Anyways, just Mortal Kombat names. Um, anyways, Grayson's very good to have you here. Um, and on the defense, the right side of the screen, I suppose, even though this, I don't know why I did this way. Y'all are on opposite sides of our zoom call. (laughs) Um, but on the defense this week, um, actor and dungeon master to the stars, you can find, say the D8, wherever you get your podcasts and you can find him on Twitter at not Chris Evans, Evan Christopher. Your soul is mine. Your soul is mine. I love that. It's going to be all right. Um, I don't expect a flawless victory, but I do expect to possibly either do a brutality or a friendship ender on this one. <laughs> Toasty. Anyways, um, Evan, it's great to uh, great to have you here on the defense. Um, and so, you know, let's get this fight underway. Um, we'll start things off with uh, with moving a minute, just like usual. Um, and you know, this isn't a best of three rounds. It's just kind of get it on the first try. Um, so uh, yeah, we'll give you. 60 seconds and a three count to give us the full plot synopsis, Mortal Kombat, spoilers and all, 
and we'll give you that amount of time I already said. I did it out of order this time. It threw me off. Um, yep. But uh, but yeah, are you ready? Ready. Okay, here we go. In three, two, one, go. Three of Earth's mightiest heroes are brought by Raiden to go and fight in a magical combat ring called Mortal Kombat. One is Liu Kang, who is running away from his monastery after watching his brother get killed by the sorcerer Shang Tsung. The second is Sonya Blade, who is going after uh, Kano, who murdered her uh, partner. And the third is Johnny Cage, who is trying to make a name for himself because everyone thinks he's a fake. They all travel to this mystical island run by Shang Tsung to do a, a, a martial arts combat against um, creatures from another world called the Nether Realm. If they win 10 in a row, then they get to come over and invade Earth. They've already won nine. This is the last one. Lord Raiden has come to help them. They all get into several fights. They all win along the way. Eventually, at one point, um, Sonya Blade gets tricked and kidnapped by Shang Tsung in, in order to fight at the end, in which uh, Liu Kang must steady his nerves, combat against Shang Tsung, and against um, his feelings about what happened and to his brother. And you're out and of win. time. I didn't hear you say I cut you off, but I, you're out of time. You're out of time. Three seconds short. Three seconds, yeah. Yeah, it was the three seconds that counts. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, you were pretty much there. Liu Kang, Shang Tsung, final showdown, and he kicks him onto a knife logo of the Mortal Kombat yeah. game. Um, and then they all go back to Earth, and it's all happy, fun times. But, oh, oh, Shao Kahn is here now, the emperor who started it all. Um, and this is its sequel cheese for <laughs> the next one. Um but uh, but yeah, that's pretty much, that's pretty much Mortal Kombat. It's mostly fighting, which is great. That's what I would expect from a Mortal Kombat movie. Um, and so yeah, everybody, we're gonna take uh, a quick break. When we come back, Evan will get your opening statements while you're here defending Mortal Kombat. Everybody, we will be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back to our Mortal Kombat episode of 24 Flames Per Second. Um, it was not a flawless victory. I'm moving in a minute. Um, but it's close to a victory. And, um, yeah, so, Evan, let's get your uh, opening statements. Uh, why are you here defending Mortal Kombat? Well, Mortal Kombat is, I have to say, a um, nostalgic favorite for me as a child. I grew up playing the games. And, of course, um, I got to see it when it first came out. Uh, originally um, for my birthday, so it was a very big thing for me. Uh, but as I grew up, I've also come to love it more and more because this particular film has done a lot of things that have brought um, a, a much better sense of stage combat and um, recognition for um, stunt actors as well. Uh, for this, um, typically the there wasn't a, there wasn't that many um, American movies that would have a lot of stunt fighting and not a lot of them get like the the front scene for it. And this one, you actually get a lot. There's a lot of very famous stunt actors who are known for their fighting that we get to see in this movie. They get their own like kind of like showing off their skills. And they actually after this movie would gain more prominence because of that because they got to see a lot of it. Um, also like it did help, um, I think for a lot of us younger kids who were playing these games to kind of see it, the story all together. Cause unlike the playground, there was always like the secret 
like fight that you had to try to get to or some code in order to get that. And like, there was always like small little bits of lore. We didn't have the internet to kind of do that. So it was all like on the playground talk of, Oh, what, what's the story of all of this. And then uh, having this movie, I think was just another binding thing for it that we all kind of nostalgically got together. And, you know, for, in the sense, all have a sleepover and we play Mortal Kombat and we you know how cool it is. And just how, you know, fantastical that everything is, you know, that kind of a deal. Um, I think that also this is uh, another great movie for um, I think having some um, better diversity than was in the time. Sure, there is a few um, points where they did kind of drop the ball for that, but I will say that they definitely made strides forward in it. Okay, uh, well, very good, Grace. I mean, let's start with the the diversity issue at hand. I think. Sure. The um, so I will say that I, I don't think that a martial arts film that has a couple of of lead Asian um, uh, actors is a particularly like uh, groundbreaking diversity play. Um, and I think that uh, what we really see is that they whitewashed um, the supreme like the, the person who is the most powerful person in the entire movie is a white guy. Um, who should actually be, um, let's see, I don't actually remember what, uh, Raiden, I think is Japanese, um, um yeah, I think so. Uh, I can um, look it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like the fact that the most powerful person, the God of this, like, um, you know, temple, um, being a white guy, like that erases any other possible diversity like gains that you might have had because it's basically setting you up to say like oh well you're fine over there in your little temple as long as you're allowing uh the white guy to have the most power and that's kind of like the message of, of the diversity casting that i i or the the casting um that i see in that movie Mm. Um, yes raiden is based on the japanese god of lightning thunder and storms okay. raijin just confirming um you're absolutely right that it is an unfortunate thing that they had uh whitewashed um raiden for christopher lambert and as we had heard actually even for sean connery i think um that for in this movie though in watching it you see that aside from one thing where he defends the heroes on the ship he doesn't really do any other fighting he doesn't really save them he's more of just this guy who's just behind that behind them just making sure that they don't cheat or like in the sense of advisement kind of deal um and and only the only way i can think about it is just that they needed to have a big name at least for some point um to have some people come in because aside from that if you look at everybody that is in this film there is not a big name else in this movie Ro this is robin show's first like lead American role that he's had the technically his second American movie altogether. And at the time that was considered to be a breaking moment for Asian American actors because they haven't had one of those since the seventies. Typically most of these action type movies have always been a white person, um, that has somehow gained that is like either studied for years or just suddenly gained magical powers on having fighting styles and then they're the ones of being a savior this time they actually had 
an actual Salmon Monk. I mean, you, if they could have gone and made it as for Johnny Cage, but they didn't. They kept it as for for Robin Shaw and for Liu Kang. At the same time, you also have like um, Tassila Soto for Katana for doing that. You also have Kerry Haruki Kawagawa playing as Shang Tsung, who is by far the most memorable character from this entire movie, right? And I don't think there's like, he's so memorable that in the new Mortal Kombat 11, they brought him back and fans rejoiced because everybody loves him as Shang Tsung so much. Um, you've got Goro, who was played by Tom Woodruff Jr., as well as voiced by Kevin Michael Richardson, both African-American actors and voice actors. Um, Stephen Ho, you've got uh, Francois Patet, who is um, Sub-Zero, um, who I know kind of looks like Watch because you don't get to really see his face, actually is of Asian descent. Like, And on top of that, you also have um, several of the w, uh, WMASA Masters um, who got to be in this film to show off their skills, um, showing off their savat and the combat and so forth. So I do agree, yes, having Lord Raiden whitewashed is a terrible thing. But I do say that at the time for 1997, taking a chance to do that and then shooting forward is um, somewhat of a win. Oh, okay. So I did kind of forget that we this was uh, released in a time when Steven Seagal was like a uh, a, a uh, martial arts like expert movie person. So yeah, he's still around. He just sits most of the time. Yeah, or he, he was pokes a things cop with stick. in New Orleans. Um, yeah, he's also a horrible person. But yeah, anyways. he's a horrible person. <laughs> um, so so yeah, I mean i I have to like. I, I retract the the um, the statement that I first made, which was like uh, that it wasn't a particularly um, groundbreaking um, thing to cast, uh, you know, Asian people playing martial artists at the very beginning. Um, however, I don't think that it excuses the the uh, Christopher Lambert um, point. Yeah, I mean, I I think okay. So like you you talked a lot about um, the martial arts abilities and and being able to show off um, their um, their skills and um, you know actually putting stunt actors kind of uh, to the forefront and and making them more I guess acceptable um, inside of um, um, in inside of like a Hollywood movie. Um, but let's talk about the fighting um, because. A lot of the fighting is not particularly great. Um, a lot of the fighting is um, feels very stilted. Um, a lot of the fighting does not very feel very fluid, um, which you kind of would expect from a choreographed fight. Um, you know, there's a lot, like a lot, of telegraphing of the moves um, for the individual um, fighters, which is a hallmark of just badly executed choreography um where like i'll give you i'll give you a, a great example um it's when johnny cage is fighting in the underworld with against scorpion i think um and he goes and does the um the giant on the bar um and like scorpion doesn't realize that he's gonna kick him in the face when he's spinning around a bar uh vertically like <laughs> <laughs> like any martial artist would have would have been like okay i know exactly what he's gonna do and i'm gonna back up so he can't hit me um and like I, I there were so many instances of that throughout the entire um, movie where the choreography just looked half done or they didn't practice enough or 
um, something to that effect, like where it, it just, it felt stilted. Uh, it felt like I'm going to, I'm going to punch you and then you react and then you're going to punch me and I'm going to dodge, but like a half a second too late. Um, and so like, yes, I realized that fight choreography has, um, progressed quite a bit, um, since 1995, which is it 97 or 95? I don't remember when it came out. It's um, 95. 95, okay. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Two years after five, Jurassic but, Park. Okay. I was like, I'm pretty sure it was like, I saw it when I was still in high school. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and so like, but even even by 1995 standards, I, I just felt like it wasn't polished um, for fight choreography, for fight choreography. And if that was the point of this movie, um, besides fan service to the video game, which we can mm -hmm. also talk about, but um, if it was to show off the skill of these martial artists, I don't think it did a good job of doing that because things did not feel good. Now, caveat that, there are moments when one person is showing off and doing like, you know, kind of like flourishy flare type um, uh, yeah. moves, those are cool. Like those were entertaining. Those were interesting. And you could see the skill there. Um, but if you just look at the fights where it's, you know, one versus many or one versus one, I don't feel like it did a, a really good job of showing off their skills. Hmm. Well, um, I mean, I would say that that is, um, I can't think of the word of it, but the best way I would say uh, to each their own. Um, everybody has their own preference, uh, to say that. And I will also say that, yes, if we look at fighting today compared to now, it is much different. Um, especially if you look at like the way we've been kind of condensed now and watching a lot of films, they're so fast and everything gets really shaky and you kind of lose a lot of stuff and getting to see those clear hits now that we kind of just accepted that to happen. I mean, if you think like just looking back, if you watched uh, the Marvel fight between um, uh, what was it? Uh, Bucky and Captain America, how many times do you see them like do the fights really fast? Like they'll do a choreograph bit and then they'll cut and then you'll just see them like just shapes moving around real quick. Um, also camera technology, I think is another big deal for that, that you, um, that they're able to film much faster now compared to at the time of them being able to film that. And I will also put forth that, uh, this is a PG 13 movie. So they're not really aiming for adults on this. They're definitely aiming for kids, teenagers kind of deal, making it really fast makes it harder for them to for them to be able to see so of course slowing it down makes it easier for them to reset to receive it so as a kid as a kid seeing it i thought it was cool i know it was like i was blown away they were so great seeing it now older of course yeah i can definitely see that it's much slower and there is some uh tells to be seen but as a kid i would remember oh yeah no that was so great that was so cool and i definitely think that that was partially made for that i mean Considering from this movie, a lot of the actors, uh, sorry, not actors, but like not, not the main actors, but a lot of like the fighting people that you had in there were people that were 
um, based from a show called WMAC Masters, which is a choreographed fighting show on TV for two years that had a lot of actors in there, kind of like um, the first fight with Liu Kang when he fights the guy that has the lion's roar. That was Hakeem Altson, the machine, who had won quite a bit. Uh, Chris Casamasa, who um, uh, was playing a scorpion. Um, and the reason why that whole spin thing had happened and beforehand, they had had a much bigger fight about that. And uh, the thing got cut, actually, by... Um, uh, what is it, the the rating people beforehand because they thought it was too violent. So that's why there's that really weird cut that they had before that. Um, not Because so, I want to say, yes, that scene everybody does say is pretty mad, is pretty stupid for them just running out to do that, but there was much to it. Um, but again, saying that for a lot of these, these actors, um, pretty much a lot of them put their own bodies on the lines for that and and taking the hits and they all had to have an immense amount of trust with each other to to do that so with i kind of thinking i'd be willing to give them a break for some of it considering the conditions they had to deal with like being on that island and not having any surfaces there thinking about if you're having a medic and that kind of deal or um having like considerably a bunch of wire foo like how we watched with the matrix yeah i mean so I, I think those are all um, fairly good points. Um, I, 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 I do take a little bit of umbrage at, at the um, we slow it down for kids um, because I think that kids actually can pick up on uh, faster movement um, generally better than adults. Um, and so I, I think that uh, fast and frenetic is actually the way to get children. And so like if you are, um, and, and that was true back then as it is now, um, so if you are targeting children, you would speed it up. Um, and I, I will say, like, I saw this, you know, I was I was a teenager because um, I am a little bit older than you. Um, and actually, old, oh, I think I'm the oldest one on the podcast right now. Um, I'm pretty sure I am, actually. Age um, is not an issue. But, um, you know, I did see this, you know, as I was basically graduating from high school. And, um, and... I, I still feel like, and I, I, like I'm gonna be honest. I was a huge fan of the video game, um, and because I mean, it was it was super violent. And it made my parents uh, uh, mad. Uh, well, just concerned. Um, <laughs> and uh, it did yeah. feel a little bit like rebelling against them, though, didn't right, yeah. it? I mean, totally. Yeah. Um, and and but even as a fan of the of the video game i just like this movie just did not resonate with me even back then like that's why i agreed to roast this because i was like oh, i remember that movie that was so so bad like it <laughs> and it could have been so much better now granted pg-13 so um they couldn't you know have spines ripping out of people's back um which to be fair is kind of like iconic mortal Kombat, and so they That's the just, move. They should have just made it rated R, um, and uh, let kids sneak in. As I we, was yeah. for the spine the whole time. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally in agreement with you there. Um, I mean, like, I think within most of the blood we see typically is CG blood, um, but it's, uh, yeah, I, it was, it was pretty much. Uh, they were worried about doing an R because. They didn't think that there was enough people that like adults that played video games 
like because it was just more of like known as a kid thing of playing video games so that's kind of what they wanted and they're like this is our core audience this is kind of what we got to go for um and so i think again like i'm not trying to say kids are stupid i think just in their minds they're just like well we 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 just we could tone it down and if we do enough to get as close as they can and i think that they they did as much as they could underneath uh, the ratings that they had to be as close to the because i mean they even have like they had ed boone there the creator for mortal Kombat for most of it i think he even did a voice at one point um in there oh um he was he was actually the the voice of scorpion was ed boone the creator of it um so and like again mortal Kombat has always been in such uh a development hell for hell for every time that they've like rebooted it and made the tv series and all that because a lot of people connotate it to the violence that it's had but um i think i think for what they had making for a pg-13 movie and trying the best they could um i think that they did a pretty fantastic job um i can't i mean i i ask can anybody name me a better pg-13 movie before the matrix that had fighting style better. I mean, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of that. I don't so have I one ready to go. I wouldn't Evan. be able to answer that. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying like just having uh, one right off the bat, but I was just like uh, being an iconic one. If I was, to, if, if I was, was to say anybody, hey, let's watch a, a video game movie. Typically, at least Mortal Kombat will come up at some point in the conversation. I feel um, for at least as one of the better. Um, video game movies well um i i would say that if someone asked me oh let's watch a video game movie um <laughs> i i there there are two movies that i would um that would be at the top of my list resident mm-hmm. evil one um and silent hill which i know a lot i know i know a lot of people don't like silent hill i thought it was a fantastic horror movie adaptation of the movie um, you know, you know what else was also PG thirteen? The Street Fighter movie the year before, with Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Uh, hmm. <laughs> Better maybe. Uh, no. no. Flop. <laughs> of course, you're not gonna say it, is it? I feel like that'll be a topic for the uh, for the after show too. <laughs> sure. Um, before I want to make sure we get to this um, is uh, we talked a little bit before the show about just kind of. The um the v, the VFX um and some of the pre- some of the pre- where this is maybe transitions from the fighting by talking about like um you know some of the moves from the game that made it into the movie um but the, I think VFX can also be the second part of that so sure um run so with that. um I will say like there was a lot of fan service in this movie right um some of it worked really well like I think the the fight scene. Other than like, let's not think about the plot uh, aspect of the fight scene with Scorpion. Um, I think the fight scene with Scorpion uh, was really well done. I thought that was a really good fan service um, uh, fight scene because it's you know Johnny Cage versus Scorpion, and he's like, "Come over here," um, and like so there was a lot of like that scene in particular was absolutely one hundred percent fan service um, because it made no sense according to the plot, um, but. Then they tried to do that with Liu Kang, who throughout the entire movie, Liu Kang is this grounded individual who really good at martial arts and has nothing mystical about him, right? Um, and then 
in I think it's the final showdown between um, Shang Tsung and and Liu Kang. He pulls out the one of the the special moves from the video game, which is basically Liu Kang jumps in the air and you can't see my fingers, but you know he then uh, bicycle kicks basically uh, forward um, magically through the air um, um, and 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 hits um, Shang Tsung. Uh, Chung- Ah, Shang Tsung. Shang, Shang Tsung. Thank you. Uh, really bad with names. Always have been. Um, and okay. I just, I, I thought like that entire thing felt really shoehorned in as fan service um, and not really consistent with the rest of the movie for Liu Kang specifically. Hmm. Um, and I think that it would have been like, had that fan service not been in there and there was nothing like, mystical about Liu Kang, I think it would have actually been a, a stronger story point because he beat like the big bad without being like magical with just being a really fucking good human. Um, and I think that that would have been a stronger, um, a stronger ending to the movie. Uh, I mean, yes, that, that could have, I made the plot a little better, but I think again, I think in the sense of fan service, um, people were expecting it, you know? I mean, there's a lot of things in this movie and you know what? I know I'm supposed to defend it, but I can get a little roasty about this at the moment. There's a lot of things in this movie that they could have done a hell of a lot better. I mean, one of the things I would have brought up was the fight between Liu Kang and Sub-Zero. That was an extremely short, dumb fight with the ending of just throwing a bucket of water at him to kill himself with ice. That was dumb. Right. Well, um, this fight between Sonya Blade and Kano, short as hell, didn't get to see anything fun. You didn't even really get to see Sonya Blade do any of her um, signature moves, which was really stupid. Um, Johnny Cage, the you didn't get to really see him fight until you had him against Goro, which was a little like it was fun in a way in some points like there's iconic lines for sure in that and then there was also the infamous nut punch which i never could pull off in the game i don't know if it was possible i remember it was always a rumor um but then in having that that was always a fun thing and just watching that in the movie i was just like oh they did the thing from that like i never got to see that you know um that kind of deal but having like for shang sung the things that usually annoyed the hell out of me was i wanted to see him transform more right I wanted to see him uh, and uh, having a better fight would have been better too. And having, cause he has more than just being able to transform. Um, there was a point where he just suddenly summoned warriors out of the ground for some reason. That's never been explained at a point. Um, and um, so in having Liu Kang do the iconic bicycle kick and the fireball at the end, cause I don't know if you remember when he yeah. does the final hit and he has that fire double punch. Um, again, I think it's just, I guess, since the, the fan service to, you know, his moves. Cause like, again, we didn't see any of his moves, all the rest, all of that was really just, um, Robin show. Cause I, if, um, reading back and for that Robin show didn't want to do any of, um, uh, the, the moves, um, and had to be like, like really pushed into doing those for the ending ones because he wanted to show off his martial arts, yeah. uh, martial arts prowess. Yeah. And I mean, I, so, um, I, I actually like the reason I didn't mention the fireball, um, is because I thought that that flowed really well. Um, and it was just a very subtle detail. Whereas 
we get a full 30 seconds of the bicycle kick and it just feels completely out of place. And that's the thing that I really um, have a problem with is like fan service is fine. Fan service needs to fit into the world. Um, fan service right. needs to fit into the, into the aesthetic. Um, and as much as I hate using that word with this movie, um, I, I just, I don't think that the bicycle kick really melded well with the rest of the presentation. Um, and we can get into the aesthetics of the movie if you want. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know if we have to nut punches, that. nut punches, totally on board though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I, I you know, really is something about this movie that I mean, nut punches feels right. Bicycle kicks. I don't think so. Well, I mean, it's also followed <laughs> up. Well, that was the, uh, I was followed up because like, I always hear people tell there's a famous line that he says after the nut punch, when he runs away, right. Of the, those were $500 glasses, asshole. Yeah. 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 Right. And people tell me, Oh, he does that before doing the nut punch. And he's like, no, he doesn't do that. He does that afterwards. Yeah. yeah, it's when he falls off the thing. Yeah, because then he redoes his line from the beginning of "This is where you fall." Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think uh, I think we can go ahead and unmask. Um, and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about how we uh, how we really feel, Evan uh, Defender. Uh, you know, there's this thing I love about the Mortal Kombat games when you know you're fighting against somebody and you can lay down and just start hitting yourself. <laughs> um, but we'll we'll have you go first. Uh, yeah, no, I love this movie. Um, I really do. It it does <laughs> have its problems, um, but uh, you know, I I love the problems for everything that they are, and I think that with the source material that they had, and for the attempt that they made, I think that at least that you know it, it, it's a decent good pat on the back, and it's a fun nostalgia movie to fall back to not oscar worthy in any means but <laughs> i definitely give respect to all of the stunt actors for sure in there because they definitely busted their ass sure uh and flawless victory by the definition that they used in the movie uh which we can talk about in the after show uh, or in the extended <laughs> play um no i'm really not wearing wearing a mask like um <laughs> i didn't like this movie when it came out uh, originally, um, even though I was a huge fan of the video game, I tried to, I, I watched it. Um, and man, it, it, for, for being a movie that is mostly fighting, it got really boring very quickly. <laughs> nice. Uh, and Chris, first time viewer. Yeah. Um, so I didn't grow up playing this because I wasn't allowed to play violent video games as a kid. Oh, I, had, I had those parents. Um, <laughs> so I, I was kind of coming into this totally blind. Um, and it just made me want to watch Enter the Dragon. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I want to go watch some real fighting. I mean, real fighting. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I like kicking movies. Um, I, didn't, I actually didn't find the fighting entertaining enough in and of itself to, to hold my interest in this one. Um, I think it had some interesting points. Like, some of the performances were actually really charming. Um, but I just, for a movie that's just about fighting, I really wanted to like the fighting more. Um, mm -hmm. And I ended up coming away just with the um, reinforcement that the soundtrack was killer. <laughs> Platinum. Platinum. <laughs> really? Proving point that the song makes the movie slap when... That's <laughs> Ding. Songs. Like, Ding. The song's doing 90% of the work here. I just kept waiting for that to come back because I was just like, then I'll know what to do. <laughs> oh, my God. 
That was um, my trump card. If I really felt cornered by Grayson, I was going to bring that up. <laughs> I was going to be like, you can't um, deny the soundtrack. But the song, though. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, definitely, like, I feel like there's Mortal Kombat families and um, Street Fighter families the same way there's like Nintendo and Sega or Nintendo, PlayStation, Xbox, whatever. Um, and we were a Mortal Kombat house. Um, the Beatles and, and Rolling Stones of early video games? Kind of. Yeah. A little bit. Um, but yeah, so I mean I had older brothers that were in high school and we played a lot of Mortal Kombat when I was like three and four and five. I guess not. Yeah, three, four, five. We had it since as long as I could remember. Um, and so, like, when this movie came out, like, I was I was so pumped, and uh, I remember watching it and really liking it. It's definitely aged. Like, there's yeah. no there's no doubt about it. Um, and I think it's still, like, it's, like, an okay, like, everybody has a few drinks, and it's a popcorn movie, and you can laugh at it. I think if you enjoyed it as a kid, nostalgia-wise, it's got it a, a little bit of charm to it still. Like yeah. I don't know what it is. It's like there's some things about it that super don't, but there's a couple of things that still kind of do. Like Shang Tsung, I think is yeah. like, like one Hiro, of the Yuri best parts. Kawagawa fucking yeah. runs this movie. I just think yeah. coming, in, coming into it blind with this not necessarily being my genre, like I didn't hate it. And yeah, it's not like praise, but it's actually like I think that's pretty. That, I think that's something. It's not like the worst movie you're ever going to see, but it's like not great either. <laughs> you know, it's very like eh, I watched it. <laughs> um, it's got some little fun stuff in it, I think. But generally, yeah, I'm I'm actually like Chris. I'm genuinely surprised that you're not like, uh, fuck this. So like, <laughs> like I feel like there have been we've done like better. Mo- I don't know like objectively better movies on the show that you were like, I didn't like it at all. <laughs> so, like, yeah. <laughs> there, are, there are types of trash I'm completely okay with. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I don't know. It is what just, it is. I just if you like Mortal Kombat, you will be okay with this movie, I think. I just want to say this. It's not Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Whew. It's not the it's not the sequel and we can I can't defend that one. We can That's sleep. Impossible. We can sleep at night knowing that, I guess. Um, but uh, but yeah, everybody. Um, that's gonna do it for our Mortal Kombat episode here. Um, and I don't know. I'm I can't speak for everybody. But I'm curious to see what the new one does. Um, and yeah, we're gonna keep talking um, as part of our extended play, which is our post show, just for our Patreon folks. So if you want to get on that, head to Patreon.com/slash24flamespod, um, and you can help support the show and get a whole bunch of bonus content right away. Um, if you got thoughts on Mortal Kombat, email us 24flamespod at gmail.com. You can find us on social media at 24flamespod. And uh, wherever you get your podcast, go and uh, subscribe so you can get more stuff, uh, more episodes coming out. And um, leave a rating and review and um, help us know what we can do better. Helps us make the show better. Helps more people find it. Um, it's a win, win, win. Um, and it doesn't take that long either. That's the win that you get. Um, but, uh, yeah, everybody. Um, this uh, episode of 24 Flames per second was produced and hosted by me, Robert Bohorkas, who is co-hosted by Chris Pepper Hambrick. The uh, head-to-head in this Mortal Kombat matchup was Evan Christopher on the defense, Grayson Hay roasting. Um, and 
what else do I say? Our show music was composed and performed by Rob Jones and Will Paulson. And our network and co-op, Party Fish Media, is produced by Quasi Phillips, Will Paulson, and me. Um, everybody. And so, yeah, go go find the show, subscribe, um, and come back for next week's episode, which is um, more, more fighting. Um, set in a time close to Mortal Kombat when the game came out. Um, we're doing Atomic Blonde next week. Um, and so, yeah, come back for that. Um, and we'll uh, we will catch you then, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we'll see you in a week. Bye-bye! Fight on! Party Fish Media acknowledges that it operates and records on indigenous Duwamish and Puget Sound Coast Salish land that is still home to the Duwamish tribe. This land is stolen in violation of the Point Elliot Treaty of 1855. We are committed to uplifting the name of these lands and community members from these nations who reside alongside us. For more information on this land, its people, or ways you can help, visit duwamishtribe.org or realrentduwamish.org.